I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah! Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today. Here we go. It is Sunday morning, night one. WrestleMania 38 has concluded about 11 hours ago. We slept on it. We're ready to break it all down with all of you streaming live right now on YouTube and the various platforms. My name's Ryan Drosty, joined by Kyle Ross and Justin Joint. And yeah, we're just going to give you the run through of the show, our thoughts on it, hopefully get you involved as we go. Justin Joint, how are you feeling this Sunday morning? Feeling pretty damn good after kind of tying one on last night. Yeah, so if you were in our Facebook group, we had a lively discussion, over 400 comments uh, during our WrestleMania thread. If you're not, join us tonight. You're probably listening to this Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon, so link in the podcast description. Get in that Facebook group. We'll have another live thread going tonight. It was growing, that's for sure, Justin, as you uh, you poured down the scotch and uh, your comments got a little more loose as you went. It's uh, it's what she said. (laughs) It was incredible the way you grew last night. Uh, (laughs) Kyle, how are you doing? Oh, we're doing okay over here. Got the kid on the iPad with an eye shot. I think that's legal as far as parenting goes, so we're ready to roll. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, it works. We've all been there. We've all been there. We do these shows during the day or morning. It's always a little difficult with the kiddos, but it's also a lot better, I feel, than streaming until one o'clock in the morning afterwards when there's also a lot of competition across the board. Everyone's doing their live shows. You know, we can we can think on it a little bit, come up with our grades that Kyle always hates doing, but I'm going to ask him anyways. <laughs> I'll go to Justin first. A through F, WrestleMania 38, night one. What do you give it? Probably just give it my my typical, you know, delivered in a vacuum WWE pay-per-view grade of probably a B minus. Um, it'll be interesting to see how we feel about it six months from now. Yes. That, that's where my thoughts lie. Especially the Cody thing. Especially, which was a great, yep. great moment, you know, as it happened. But we'll see where we're at in six months. Hopefully we're in a good place because... Uh, as I always say on this program, I'd like WWE to be compelling television since we have to talk about it, Kyle. What did uh, yeah. what did you think? What's your grade? Well, first of all, one of the reasons I love doing shows in the afternoon is I get to sit in this lovely office. Mm, yes. The bright lights, not in the dungeon of the basement. So production-wise, we, we yeah, get a full screen. Up there, there we go. There we Ooh. go. Really oh, check it out. I hope uh, I hope this isn't a John Morrison situation. I left like a line of coke back there. Or something like that. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I saw that the poll that we have going on Twitter was rather generous. A it was. I believe over fifty percent of the people gave it an A last night. Yeah, fifty-seven uh, percent right now. A. 31B, 8% AC, 3% DRF is the the score as of right now with 125 votes. Okay. Given the extraordinarily low standards set by the modern WWE, I suppose I could see how one would give this show an A. By the WrestleMania standard, this show was not an A. There are like six WrestleManias I would give an A to, and this wasn't one of them. 
That being said, do we think last night was better than either night of last year's show? I think yes. I would, my yeah, my initial inclination would be yes. Mine too, and you know, thinking back, I can't remember what we gave it at the time. It's why I hate this exercise because <laughs> I feel <laughs> we're like typically too kind in the moments. Unless if, I don't know, there's something that really personally irks me. You know, looking back to last year, I would probably give the two nights a C and C minus. Mm-hmm. And I agree this was better. Although most of the way through, this was pretty comparable to night one of last year. You had Bianca in the match of the night. Mm-hmm. You had The Miz in a celebrity tag where the celebrity worked in competent fashion. More on that later. Seth Rollins put somebody over. But you didn't, you know, I, I think putting Cesaro over is not as noteworthy as putting Cody over. And then on top of that, you have the Austin thing. I'm going to go a B for now, but I reserve the right to drop that at any time. I downright, I feel like. <laughs> I actually found the poll results from last year on a Twitter page. Let me share this here on the video stream. and You guys can see what I'm talking about. So I think that this is going to mirror what we see this year. We'll see tonight, but... Last year, night one was basically evenly split between an A and a B. So, yeah, to say this year's was a little bit better matches up with that for sure. Uh, And then night two last year, we had more for the B range. And I do feel like heading into tonight, it feels like night one is going to have been better than night two. But we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. So Well, you know, of course, we love our listeners and all the feedback they provide us. I was wondering what, like, the three of us gave it last year yeah, I, yeah. I legitimately cannot remember i was i can't remember either but probably by a, the wwe universe and giving it a high grade <laughs> yeah yeah i've been kind of going back and forth between a b and a b plus i i can't give it an a like the listeners have overwhelmingly done but i'm like b to b plus kind of right now it's interesting because i went through at the end and basically i was trying to give it every single match what I would give the star rating on it and we can talk about that as we go through the card but it's not a show that had like a lot of four star matches but it had big moments you know with you know the whole Austin thing obviously and we can lead off with that I think Um, the Cody thing huge moment that was a pretty good match I wouldn't say it was the best match of the night for me personally but you know it was a good match Uh, I felt like there was one standout match that is one I would maybe rewatch if I was going to rewatch, and that's Becky and Bianca, if I was going to rewatch Cody and Seth, I'd probably just watch Cody's entrance over and over, personally. That was more like a moment thing for me. It was a good match, don't get me wrong, but it's not a match I'm going to rewatch. And then, you know, Ronda Charlotte, it was, a, it was a solid match, but it wasn't a great match. I wouldn't have that over four stars. So it's not like we go through the AEW pay per views and we're like all these multiple four star matches. And it, it wasn't like that, but it was an entertaining night. It was four hours. And I didn't feel like it dragged. I felt like it went by pretty fast, personally. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat, uh, especially compared to some of the previous WrestleManias. Once we got past the two uh, SmackDown matches to start the show, I, I was basically entertained throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it exactly. That's, that's a great point. And you had that in our live chat, that it was like you're watching SmackDown. And that's how I felt, too. It's like those first two matches. That's the problem with having to get everybody on WrestleMania is you get matches that you feel like you see every week, you know, that don't feel like WrestleMania matches. To me, the show dragged in bits because there is a lot of filler 
like commercials. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah, cricket wireless. You know, Snickers. <laughs> Do we need this? I, you know, so I was watching the Final Four at the same time, and that kind of helped, to be honest. WrestleMania go by because during the commercials or the video package, I could just mute it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know turn the volume on the game up. up. But you know tonight I don't have that luxury, so it's going to be interesting to kind of compare and contrast how tonight's proceedings feel relative to last night. The, you know, and yeah. the fun I had also was probably colored uh, by the entertainment and fun I was having on our Facebook thread too. <laughs> yeah, the commercials so. I'm on like the $10 tier on Peacock, so I don't see the same commercials. They That's where they would be playing like WWE video packages. That's yeah, what I, I kept seeing throughout. Well, I, I have the $10 tier too. And I mean, there was like, you a, do? You know, yeah, Sheamus was, you know, he was angry at some fan and his the fan's girlfriend was. Oh, him okay. I thought you meant, Smackdown. I thought you meant like actual product commercials. I didn't see that. They were all like WWE related, but yeah, yeah, was... yeah, yeah. They were. It was a it was a WWE Snickers commercial with Sheamus. Okay, yeah. or like a Cricket Wireless was somebody else. I think it was like Charlotte Flair. So we're seeing those a lot of times when the five dollar tier is getting actual ads. You know, I guess, but I've never been on the tier. I don't know for sure. But I think they yeah. play actual ads, so that's why they do that. And yeah, I agree. There was a lot of the like the video packages constantly it's it's almost like they assume the people watching don't watch weekly television because they have some really safe complex assumption. yeah <laughs> very complex video packages showing you absolutely everything that led up so i agree that did get a little long but you know the seven matches it was well paced otherwise and um i didn't feel super burned out like i would have after say wrestlemania 35 you know with that long mm-hmm. night or 34 being there yeah and the flip side you know, the, the positive, especially if you put up against like an AEW pay-per-view where it's just, you know, four hours of straight wrestling, mm-hmm. this, they give you time to breathe. I, I mean, that that's like the one positive of the video packages. If you want to kind of just disconnect, you know, start watching the game while the video, you can do that. Yeah. So let's, let's start off right away with Austin. You know, it was in the main event segment, but in that, that and Cody is going to be what everybody is talking about. And, you know, with the KO show segment, it kind of went exactly how we laid it out here on our preview show. Right, Kyle? I think you laid that out, right? Yeah, we were like, they'll be sitting there and Austin will use the term match because that's mm-hmm. what the people wanted to hear. And he said that. And I think I even threw out, give me a referee. He said that. And yeah, and then they we were off. Came out with the Austin 316 shirt, the jorts, <laughs> both knee braces, walked out on the ramp, you know, at the beginning, went back and forth. Awesome moment. Of course, the stadium was super loud being in Dallas in his home state. Then he goes to the back and he comes out on the ATV. Honestly, like you could tell the way he was walking on the ramp, his knees aren't the greatest. So I was kind of wondering, boy, that's a long entrance ramp. And then, yeah, he goes backstage, gets the ATV. Um, According to Fightful Select had a report on this and they said that there were two vehicles parked next to Austin's ATV backstage that weren't used and were covered up. So I don't know what those were, but he took the ATV out. Yeah. Yeah. Took the ATV out, got the big pop. As Kyle said, you get the segment and then eventually the match. Now, did you guys think that it should have been Austin challenging Owens to the match and not vice versa? Yeah. That that have been the baby face move, Justin. Yeah, that was weird. I didn't understand that at all. Yeah. So, We get the challenge. He accepts. 
and they went a lot longer than I expected. I don't know about you guys. I mean, they went almost 14 minutes. They brawl through the crowd, calling back to WrestleMania 13. Austin takes a suplex on the concrete, which was shocking to see him do that. I gasped. uh, Yeah. Now, later in the match, uh, there was a suplex to KO on the stage. That would hurt less than the concrete. It's like, dang, mm-hmm. they should have gave that spot to Austin. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, and then they fight back to the ring and they get the chair shot deal where KO goes for the chair shot. Austin dodges it, bounces off the top rope, hits himself, KO with the chair. Stunner, one, two, three. After the match, the beer celebration, Byron Saxton gets called in. You can see it coming from a million miles away. Takes a chug of beer, gets the stunner. Uh, Austin's brother gets in the ring with him briefly. I only knew that was his brother from seeing the A and E doc a couple of years ago. You know, he was on. I, had, I think they mentioned it on commentary. I had forgotten. Yeah, so that was a cool moment. I mean, the fans ate it up. I loved it. You know, growing up as an Austin fan, it you you watch this. Here's a guy who hasn't wrestled in 19 years. There's college students that weren't even born the last time he wrestled. I mean, just amazing to think about. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine on on Messenger last night who's a little bit younger, and yeah, he doesn't have any... He's he's a teacher with me, uh, and he doesn't have really any memories of Austin wrestling. He's been teaching for several years. So to tell you how long it's been since, since Austin wrestled, uh, according to that FIFA Select report too, they said that the pitch for Austin to wrestle was made in January. So... KL re-signed in December. We went through that on the preview show. I think December 15th, if I want to go off the top of my head, was when that news broke. So, you know, we kind of wondered if part of him re-signing was them dangling that carrot. Here you go. You want to you want to work Steve Austin at WrestleMania? I mean, who could blame him for re-signing? You get the big money. You get to work with Steve Austin. I don't know that that was part of the pitch. Maybe they told him that they were going to try the, the following month. He did re-sign before the pitch was made, according to Fightful. But... What a moment for Kevin Owens. Just awesome, awesome stuff. Yeah. So oh. anything I didn't cover, you guys want to chime in on, on the, I, the main event? L- like you, I was pleased it wasn't just like the punch and stunner, then go home, that it was, you know, they actually had a match. Yeah. Uh, you you can nitpick it if you want. Uh, some of Austin's uh, stomping the mud hole kicks looked uh, pretty suspect. Uh, but frankly, I think it was one of the better beer commercials I've ever seen. <laughs> yes. He, he was drinking throughout, not just at the end. So, and, and it was not the IPA they kept bringing up. It was the new <laughs> lager. So that's yeah. probably for the best. I think drinking that much IPA during, it might slow you down by the end, uh, which is interesting because I don't know if you guys thought the same as the match was progressing. I thought Austin's work was getting better. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was maybe yeah. a touch of the nerves because he's like, okay, wow, I'm, I'm wrestling now. But Justin pointed out the stomps didn't look great. Now the camera cutting Ugh. during this whole thing made nothing yes. look great. Initially. I mean, that was, I mean, there were people having epileptic seizures. <laughs> I went off on that on Twitter group. too. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. Those punches just cut, cut, cut every single time a punch or a kick came in. I was watching on a projector, so it's a pretty big image. I literally was getting dizzy watching. It was so bad. I don't know who is telling them that that is good television production, but it's awful. It was... I thought the first couple minutes they really were over the top with it, and it was like borderline unwatchable. 
<laughs> for the first couple minutes. I, I don't. Did they not trust Austin's punches to look good? I don't know what. It, I mean, they do it for everything, so I don't yeah. think it's anything Austin specific. Uh, you know, I noted that you know Austin, of course, getting the massive pop was not dressed to wrestle. Uh, was wearing jorts. I said uh, on Facebook, this is a comment about WrestleMania 38. For the record, <laughs> didn't think I'd be talking about jorts and WrestleMania 38 in the same sense. I thought Austin should have had tearaway jorts. By the way, and had the black trunks underneath. That would have been a hoot and a half. You talk yeah. about um, I thought Owens did a great job in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, even when he came out before Austin came out and just, you know, the promo uh, beforehand when he did lay out the challenge, I-, I thought he came across as really strong. You could talk about how, well, what do you do with Kevin Owens now? He just, you know, was beaten by a guy who went wrestling. But. Look, man, this was, I'm sure, Kevin Owens' career highlight, if you ask him. So who am I to argue with the person himself? It was fun, and um, it did deserve to close the night, I think. In retrospect, Mm -hmm. this would have been very hard to follow for anybody, even Bianca and Becky. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so, I mean, apparently Michael Hayes was the producer for the match itself, and this is a hard one. You know, when I went through to give my star rating grades and, you know, if we, if we talked about that on the show, how do you really rate this? I mean, it's a brawl. It wasn't like a great wrestling match, but it was like a moment, you know, as a, as like a pure performance star rating. I don't know. I mean, two and a half star match. It wasn't like, there's three matches on this show that I would really struggle to assign a grade to for various reasons. So (laughs) it was, I mean, the people were happy. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. we need to talk about this. Okay. Austin wrestling a match. Cody being the surprise in the middle of the show. Go back to last summer. CM Punk showing up on AEW TV. I know there are some people who just love to be swerved or have these complete shock surprises. But to me, over the last how many ever months, less than a year, you're seeing the power of something that is heavily teased, but not outright told, and it's still a surprise, and the people love it way more than if it was just an out-of-the-blue surprise. And that's the way it should be. In my, sometimes you want to pull the shock move. But mm-hmm. to me, when you build it and get the people interested in something, like, oh, maybe this is going to happen, maybe this is going to happen, and then it does, you see how the people react. Yeah. Well, should we jump right to the other surprising part of the show before we go through some of the undercard stuff? And that's the Cody, you know, the Cody debut. I think we should hit that right off the t- off the top here because that's what everyone probably wants to hear us talk about. So, uh, yeah, the worst kept secret in pro wrestling over the last several weeks, <laughs> you know, Cody Rhodes coming well, back to WWE. There, there were, were a some lot people. Of pe- there were people who were trying not to believe it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we pretty much held to our guns on this show, though, and and over on the Patreon shows that uh, you know that this was the plan and this was happening, yeah. and it was good that they had you know the production like AEW, the same outfit, mm-hmm. the same theme song. If they would have done some new WWE theme or like his old theme, that would have been terrible. So I'm glad that they recognize that they needed that song. Because and the crowd popped huge for it. Now, obviously, they were going to. That was that's a you know that's an easy one for sure. The return is going to get a huge pop. And what I was saying on Twitter and our Facebook group is, where's Cody six months from now? Because U.S. title, IC title, that's not good enough. 
This guy needs to be in the world nope. title picture. Yep. <laughs> yeah, seeing it, seeing as it gets you on WrestleMania SmackDown, I'd say it's not good enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if this guy isn't in the mix at the top of the card, I don't know, you know, as much as we will rave about this and how great it was, uh, in the end, where are we at six from now six months from now, that is the real story. But it was a hell of a moment, you have to admit. You know, so I mean, it's vindication for Cody that everything he did over the last six years worked. He built that character, you know, and for the audience to react to that character, the WWE audience proves he was right all along. And he gave an interview to Variety before the event that was posted, like right when he returned. So they're just waiting to publish that thing. And he talked about how, you know, he met with, uh, I think, Vince, Pritchard, Khan, and basically was told that it's not broken. They're not going to try to fix it with the character. Wow, for them to say that, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. They must have really wanted this guy to return because they're always trying to fix stuff that's not broken. But they trusted him, and it worked out. Maybe they should trust the talent more often. Uh, what did you guys think of Cody's return? Uh, Justin Joint, go to you. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting uh, what this signals to other people who would possibly jump to WWE. If this is just a Cody-specific instance yeah. where they're like, here's all the money, come be you here. Or if it says to anybody else, it's like, hey, you know, whatever worked for you in, in another promotion, come bring that here. You know, we, we won't screw it up. Uh, it's proof that having a true wrestling alternative uh, makes wrestling better when you can have wrestlers, you know, jumping back and forth. Uh, I am most curious to know if that was the first time Vince had ever heard Cody's song. Oh, he said wrestling at the beginning of it. We got to cut that out. (laughs) But right when you heard that wrestling has more than one Royal family thing, it was like, holy shit, here we go. So that was, that was cool. Yeah. Was it the first time he saw his tattoo? tattoo. (laughs) Was that Justin, did you post on the Facebook group where it was like changed to a WWE logo? I saw that somewhere. It wasn't me. I saw that. I saw that too. Yeah. Um, the, the, you know, the devil inside me that just wants chaos kind of wish Seth would have just pinned him with the pedigree. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> would have been Can amazing. Imagine? <laughs> uh, the, the match dragged at the beginning yeah. really bad. It, it, it looked like Cody getting back into sports entertainment style wrestling rather than the more indie style that AEW uses. I liked the second half of it, although I don't know why they did a, like a, third match in a trilogy match right off the jump. Yeah. I didn't really like, you know, Cody's finisher already getting kicked out of and him having to use it three times, you know, to get the win. Uh, but it was entertaining and it was a good showing for Cody. Okay. Okay. Uh Oh, no, I oh. just, there's a lot to unpack here. You know, I, I, you guys have made a lot of good points and there's a lot of just random things I wanted to say. And let's just, Try to hit it all. Uh, the video recap, if we could take a step back here for this, just makes Seth so seem mm. so completely irredeemable. And we talked about this on the pre-show, not in the, oh, I just want to see this heel get his comeuppance. It's like, my God, can this man please be removed from television? <laughs> you know, I mean, he's just bad. I mean, Justin, you shared that tweet. I think it was just with Ryan and I privately that um, the author of that Triple H mm. Roman piece said that like he's yeah. been following Seth's whole career and how just like how this is the worst he's ever you know felt about <laughs> Seth. Uh, anyway, 
the announce uh Cody gets the monster reaction. Give him, I mean, he had to be feeling great. That was the reaction he always wanted from the AEW audience and couldn't get. Yeah. yeah. He was he came out and was a superstar baby face. Uh Seth appeared to be wearing women's pajamas. <laughs> he did say come That's on. That's how we do it in Iowa here, buddy. I guess. He did say come on, Vin Man, which I liked because that was always a Sean Michaels favorite for me when Sean would refer to Vince as Vin Man. Mm-hmm. Uh Cody was the hand-picked opponent by Vince, but there was no Vince here. We should talk about. So I don't, you know, I guess um, you know, Vince is just kind of this, still the invisible matchmaker in this regard, or maybe not so invisible. But uh so there, no aligning of Vince and Cody in storyline, I guess. Announcers really putting over the six-year absence from WWE. You yeah. know, they did not obviously mention AEW, but they go, oh, it's been six years since he's felt like a shoulder tackle like that or something like that. Uh, Seth did get in a welcome to the big leagues bitch line during the match. I'm sure that will go over well on social media. And, never uh, never scared to kiss any ass, Seth Rollins. Yeah. Uh, I joked on the Facebook page, and here it is in my notes, and then the bell rang, <laughs> <laughs> in all caps, because kind of what Justin was saying, okay, we have the great surprise, and then we had what was exactly what you think a Cody-Seth Rollins match would look like. And it was, that was a great comment by you. It was like a third match of a trilogy almost. And I don't know if that was worked appropriately. I, I don't think so. Shouldn't this have been shorter? I mean, I get you want to protect Seth. You don't want to just squash him like he's the honky-tonk man at SummerSlam 88. But you think about it, and he's not prepared. For, okay, yes, everybody on the freaking internet knew it was going to be Cody. But Seth's character didn't. Shouldn't he be caught off guard and kind of beaten quickly because this match did drag at a point i was just like holy god they're losing me here man like i don't think this is the right way to work um yeah why is this going so long all caps in my notes um but at the end of the day what matters like you said uh, ryan is cody six months from now because if he's a big star and in the main event mix a champion of one of the brands this will look more favorably if he's just, you know, one in a million, we'll look back. Eh, this was nice for a day. So mm-hmm. it's a total TBD grade. Cody is lucky in the sense that he is uh, coming out of night one, one of clearly the two most over male singles yeah. on the roster. It's like, it's, I mean, the only other person you can make a case for is Drew McIntyre. And I, I would say coming out of the show, Cody's hotter than Drew because Drew's been to the mountaintop. Uh, we'll talk about Drew a little bit later on. Um, but yeah, so I mean, Cody's got to feel great. And the most important thing was, you know, long match too long or not, he came out looking like a big star. As far as the behind the scenes machinations, you know, I said on the extra show where we covered, Liam and I covered Elimination Chamber. I said, bet the farm, Cody's on the WrestleMania card. And I got a little nervous when I saw some reports, but <laughs> I had been told the day that Sean Ross Sapp and Wade Keller reported all the news that he was on the WrestleMania card. So these reports that, and I'd never been given any impression that he was off of it. 
So these reports, oh, he hasn't signed. You know, he might be backing out. I don't know where that came from. Yeah. It just felt like someone was feeding bunk. (laughs) Maybe out of Cody's camp to try to, you know, create a little bit more air of mystery. Yeah. I did find it interesting that Meltzer made it a point to say Seth Rollins looked great in the match. Putting one and one together here? I don't know. Was was Meltzer (laughs) lied to? I don't know. I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it was like I said, it was a it was a good match. I didn't think it was a great match. I I was kind of struggling going back and I mean it was probably three and three quarters to four stars. So like somewhere that's where I would have it. Probably closer to three and three fourths though. To me in the end, the only match I had over four stars was Becky Bianca on this show. Cody did have the crowd eaten at it out of his hand by the end of the very end when he was doing the dusty punches and the bionic yeah. elbow and yeah. finally putting Seth yeah. away. The crowd was so, really into that. I wanted to ask you guys about that because it took him three crossroads to win. So he, do, he does the crossroads twice. Then he does the dusty punches, the bionic elbow, and then he hits another crossroads and they were selling on commentary. Oh, he wants to make sure he has him beat, but wouldn't that be better if he just hits it one time and really put over that finish? Yep. In fact, he's yeah. got to do it three times. Yeah. Like Justin said, I, I th- this was not worked in the sense of a guy has just made a surprise debut. It was worked as if these guys have wrestled multiple times before. Yep. So exactly. I, I should know. Ch- I know Chad will listen to this at some point. He was very, very upset that they did not do the bridge spot properly. Mm. So there you go, Chad. He, he he loves grading people on their on the old Flair Steamboat bridge spot. So. <laughs> Cody was pissed about that. Right? He couldn't get up, and then like a moment later, he was staying over the corner and he yeah. yelled out something. He was a little pissed, but yeah, that didn't work out. Uh, Jamie Noble produced this match, so direct your hate mail there if you're mad about the layout of the match. But uh, yeah, overall, I mean, it was a good match. It's more about. Cody's appearance, the entrance, him getting the victory, and and, and where, where we go from here. So well, and you know, where we go from here, I talked about, you know, as far as male singles go, he's clearly one of the top two coming out of the show, probably the hottest. You look at night two, who's gonna come out of that smelling like roses? I mean, you got like the Lashley Omas winner, AJ and Edge, and then obviously the you know, the Reigns. Lesnar winners on the top, but I mean, Cody is probably going to be hotter than, you know, everybody except whoever wins Reigns Lesnar. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't get the uh, AJ Styles treatment. You know, when AJ had the big debut and big match at WrestleMania, which he lost. Yeah. But so then he, <laughs> but, but he immediately went into a two pay per view run where he lost to Reigns both times. Yeah. Granted, that didn't, you know, didn't completely kill his momentum, but, you know, it could be argued he lost a little bit. God, mm-hmm. what, God, you know what I don't want to see is Cody and Rollins like continue this program. It makes sense from Rollins' character's perspective, though. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah, what, I'd that, like to see him that, move beyond <laughs> right away. Yeah, that, that's what makes it all the more weird that they had this match instead of something that they could have actually dragged out for you know a longer feud. Yeah. Um. All right. Should we? Start at the top then and then work our way through the rest of the card. Sure. All right. So there was, by the way, there was no matches on the two hour pre-show. Two hour pre-show, zero matches. And then they ran long. So as you've probably read about by now or noticed during the show, they actually had to cut the New Day versus Sheamus and Ridge Holland. No update yet. If they're going to add that tonight too, do it during the pre-show during night two. 
That was unfortunate. Was there an update? I thought somebody said that it might be added to tonight, but I I, I didn't click the headline. So it doesn't, be, it doesn't I, mean anything, but it is on Wikipedia. The oh. So I've got the latest Fightful Select up, oh. and they couldn't confirm that it was going to be added. Oh! So, and, and we, uh, so he said, uh, uh, it says it would be easy to move it to night two, but as of the end of night one, that wasn't confirmed. Okay. But I don't know. It, it was later we, promoted on WWE.com, though, so maybe they are doing it. <laughs> it's in the same bin as British Bulldog versus Berserker, Kamala <laughs> versus Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs> you got, you got six <laughs> hours, including the pre-show. How yeah. do you not get that match? Yeah, how, I'm how sure do you, they'll do it. Yeah. How do you run out of time? You're right. They can just put something on the pre-show. Um, you know, the 10-man at WrestleMania 10 <laughs> that got moved to Raw mm-hmm. the following night. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's... Unfortunately, they were cutting promos on the pre-show for it too. That's just astounding how you just <laughs> you lose time. You have that much time, and it showed you. I mean, there weren't a ton of matches, so yeah. No, and the first match. It also uh, begs the question: Why even schedule if it's that not important? Right. Yeah. No the the first match we had an injury in, so it was the Usos, you know, defending the SmackDown tag titles against Nakamura and. Kyle's boy Rick Boogs, who now, I'm gonna uh, be easy on, yeah, I'm gonna be yeah. easy on Rick Boogs here for obvious reasons. Yeah, he tore his quad in the match, legit injury. Now that match only went six minutes and fifty-five seconds. And according to reports backstage, they had twenty minutes set aside for that match. So Ugh. you know, running long, they they cut thirteen minutes right there and still didn't gonna, have time for the new they day. They were gonna match. give these guys twenty? Twenty minutes was slated for this match. It was budgeted for twenty minutes with entrances, twenty minutes. That's another thing. That is crazy that these guys lost 13 minutes and they still didn't have time for that New Day tag. Um, (laughs) Coming in, I thought this was a hell of a choice for an opener. Uh, Yep, that was my thought. (laughs) I'm being facetious in that regard. That's not a compliment. I was having visions of allied powers against the Blue Brothers at WrestleMania 11 (laughs) in terms of my excitement level. Uh, A twins tag team involved as well. you know, but yeah, Boogs, it was obvious as soon as he suffered that injury, it was over. And, you know, they went home real quick. I mean, the ref checked and you could just, the way the knee buckled, it was, you're like, oh boy, he's seriously hurt. And then he rolled out. The announcers did the dreaded, it's like a handicap match. And they just went home with the 3D. And, you know, I make fun of the guy. I did it a lot in the pre-show, but I, I honestly feel terrible for Rick Boogs because he gets hurt in a mania match where he was getting some spot shine and some spotlight. Mm-hmm. He was the first guy right. out of the curtain, right? Yeah. It, to start look, WrestleMania after the intros and everything. Yeah. The whole thing is they were doing those power moves, you know, for him, you know, and mm-hmm. he could easily be forgotten, you know, with a long-term injury like this. And he's got a history of knee issues too. So that's no good. Yeah. If he, if he didn't see it, he went to lift up both Usos and his knee just buckled like immediately after second guy got up. So yeah, it was, that was pretty brutal. Obviously, thoughts out to him. We rag on his character a lot, but uh, we don't want anyone anyone to get hurt. So that was really, really unfortunate on this kind of stage. So yeah, it didn't. It wasn't much of a match because of that. As Kyle said, uh, the 3D or the 1D, as they've been calling it, uh, gave the Usos the victory. They retain, and right after that, they go to Drew and Happy Corbin. Yet another one that didn't really feel like a WrestleMania match. So they're kind of like 0 for two. At this point, early on in the show, it felt to me like, you know, I thought one of those women's matches was going to lead off. There was reports that Becky and Bianca was going to be the opening match for 
weeks that that was the case, but they maybe they shuffle at the last second. Uh, that ends up being match of the night, as we'll get to. But yeah, these two, nothing really to write home about. Drew and, and Corbin with Madcap Moss out there. Eight minutes and 35 seconds for this match. Of course, uh, McIntyre goes over. So um, thoughts on this match? Either of you feel free to jump yeah. in. Okay. If you watched the pre-show, uh, the two-hour stupendous pre-show, you would have noticed that Madcap Moss changed his suspenders and shorts for the main card. I don't know if the, I guess mm. he's, he has a pre-show suspenders and a main card suspenders. <laughs> uh, you know, I saw a lot of people reacting to this on social media. The big thing was Drew McIntyre kicked out of end of days. And I was anticipating that it killed me. I didn't bring it up on the pre-show, but they had built that up on social media. Oh, no one has ever kicked out of the end of days. And I want to talk about this because the end of days is no Jake Roberts DDT, man. Okay. <laughs> if the three of us would have been sitting together watching WrestleMania six on the couch and one of you would have said, you know, Kyle, no one has ever kicked out of Jake Roberts DDT. I'd be like, well, no shit, pal. <laughs> Obviously. No. Mm-hmm. And if before that tweet was sent out or whatever, or that little nugget of information on social media, like six months ago, if you'd have said, hey, Kyle, no one has ever kicked out of Baron Corbin's end of days, pardon me, happy Corbin's end of days. I'd be like, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that seems like a kind of a weird thing. You know, and even Michael Cole's like, I believe that was the first time anyone's kicked out of that move. Because mm-hmm. I think they're like so afraid that someone has and someone's going to look it up and find that they're wrong. So I... I didn't think that was like this really unbelievable thing. It, it was logical to do it. I don't know what you do with Happy Corbin now that his protected finisher is no longer protected. Um, yeah. Pat McAfee was very annoying already by the second match. Oh, God. Uh, quote, how does this Scottish man do it? <laughs> Pat McAfee's commentary reminds me of when I'm like really stoned and I start a thought. And then I just like forget mid thought what the hell I was saying. <laughs> That's what his commentary is, and he just starts like breathing heavily. It's it's there, it's. I don't understand why people like Pat McAfee. I, I was don't watching either. like a lot of people have that FTR Briscoes match. Mm. Okay, that occurred on ROH, and Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman. I, I'm listening to the, them commentate, and one of the many thoughts I had during that match was. God, these guys are so superior to Michael Cole and Pat McAfee. Like, it's it, like if you think Michael Cole and Pat McAfee are better than Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Cole, I think you're an idiot. There's no other way to say it. My There's, biggest problem with him is that he takes over. I don't want an announcer to take over like that. You know, Justin will, will talk on the podcast about his ability to kind of like suppress the announcing sometimes when he's watching wrestling, but like. It seems like McAfee is like going above and beyond to take over the narratives during matches. Like, I think it was, was it when Nakamura came out or when Rick Boogs was playing, he like jumps over the announce table and he's just going nuts and they kept cutting back and forth like to the announcer and then the performers. Like, I don't want the announcer to be the focal point. And he tries to make himself the way he screams and yells the focal point all the time. I hate it. I think he's yeah. really bad on commentary. Yeah. And, and you know, com- again, with the comparison to Caprice Coleman, the job he did, like Coleman, he was, you know, he was very much like the, um, 
like the fired up kind of fan voice. Like he was like really fired up to be watching it. And he did, but it was, it was not over the top annoying the way McAfee is. And it's the right way to do it. Uh, I thought the match was very average. Drew looked good, but like I did say on the pre-show, I just think he's being built back up to get fed to Lesnar, who I'm assuming, you know, has WrestleMania 36 still circled in his notebook and wants that job back. (laughs) Uh, And then afterwards, we got to talk about this. Drew aimed his sword at Madcap Moss, uh, was having visions of the Berserker and the Undertaker. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but uh, he just ended up slicing the ropes, which seemed very impractical to do at WrestleMania. Like, why? Yeah. Like, I, I'm always a guy who thinks the shortest line between point A and point B, the shortest distance between point A and point B, it's a straight line. Why make things harder on yourself? Why? I mean, I don't have hundreds of people working for me, I guess, that could just put up the ropes. But why would you do that? Like, is anyone going to remember that? Probably one kid out there who thought it was pretty cool. Unless you slow it down and then you can see the sword almost (laughs) bends to a 90-degree angle. I saw that tweet. Yeah. uh, (laughs) 15 years from now, there's some, like, 20-year-old kid doing a podcast. And he's like, you know what I remember? The the prime days of wrestlemania remember when drew mcintyre sliced the top two ropes man that was awesome that's the wrestlemania i remember <laughs> kyle be kyle be old and senile by this point and <laughs> rolling his eyes hopefully dead by that point now 20 years from now come on yeah no it was uh that was bizarre <laughs> um there were i mean there were some there were some highlights in the match like McIntyre hit his swanton over the top to the outside. They didn't really catch him very well. He took a hell of a bump there. Well, does anyone catch anyone well in the WWE? No. Uh, yeah, so then late Corbin dodged the Claymore, hit the end of days. McIntyre kicked out, like we said. Uh, and then he hits the Claymore shortly after that and wins. So, yeah, not not much of a match. Obviously, Drew had to win. I mean, I had this at two stars, personally. That seems fair. Yeah. yeah. It was a very uh, like average match. This was produced by Abyss, by the way, if you're curious. And right after this, we go to the celebrity involvement with Logan Paul and The Miz taking on The Mysterios. Match produced by Shane Helms and Adam Pierce. Uh, all right, so this one I saw bits and pieces of live. I need to go back this afternoon and rewatch this because this is when my kids were going to bed. And I know, Kyle, you wanted to talk about this more as, you know, conceptually the celebrity involvement and and how that plays into WrestleMania. So I will give you the floor, sir. Okay, cool. Speaking of kids, there we go right there. Is the door (laughs) closed? Is that, is that you, you don't have to hear me now. Are you good? All right. Thumbs up. Dad, shut up. You are so loud. I think it might've been the forbidden (laughs) door. There we go. All right. Let's get back to the athletes. Shall we? Uh, The video package for this match, before I get into the celebrity talk uh, and how celebrities are portrayed in WWE in the modern era, uh, this video package reiterated what we already knew. Dominic Mysterio's, Mysterio is only getting a paycheck because of his dad. <laughs> that was... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think heels are supposed to be that correct, but I could be wrong. <laughs> I, I like when the he, like you know the heels are supposed to believe what they're saying, but we're not supposed to sit there and be like, yeah, you know what? Dominic Mysterio is shitty. It wouldn't be in the WWE if it wasn't for his dad. Yeah, that's a good point, Miz. <laughs> Thanks for reminding us. Yes. Yeah, don't think that's what you should do. Uh, Dom desperately pandering to the crowd with his gear, a Los Gringos Locos tribute. Uh, I'm 
I, I shared with you guys my next ass. Ah, screw it. I said, Eddie and Art Bar are rolling over. Never mind. Match begins. Logan Paul, who we'll be getting into. I believe he flinched on Ray's kick. Did you I guys pick that, that I up? I missed that. I didn't see that. No. Okay. I, I, I was with Ryan. I was semi putting my kid to bed. At the okay. Time. That makes sense because you guys are an hour behind me, and I luckily co- bedtime coincided with the start of the show. But anyway, all right. Logan Paul, I noted, is wrestling like he's just another wrestler. Doesn't seem like it's a special deal or he's a celebrity, and I think that's dumb. I'm going to say it, and there are people who are going to disagree with me, and they love how, oh, man, they must really respect this business because they learned this business, and they you know, they look competent. They look good in the ring. I don't care if I sound like Jim Cornette on this one. I, I'll give the celebs credit, but it makes the normal wrestlers look less talented and special if some novice can just come in on their first try and do a 50-50 match with the established superstars. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you know, people like raved over Bad Bunny, and they'll, you know, probably rave to a certain degree about Logan Paul here. He does look competent, but they look competent in a way that they're just wrestling on weekly TV. Is that what you want from your celebrity? I, I just, I compare it to someone like Kevin Green back in the day for WCW, Great American Bash '96, Slambury '97. He wrestled a lot smarter in his role, okay? he's in the, And he's in there with, like, Ric Flair and Arn Anderson the first time. So he's in the deep water. What does he do? Football tackles. Why, Justin, would Kevin Green do football tackles in a match? <laughs> think he was an American football player. Exactly! So it's what he knows. He didn't start doing all the moves you would expect a normal wrestler to do. Yeah. And, man, I read these Nick Khan remarks yesterday morning. To this regard, that really just burned my ass. Did you guys see these? Huh. I don't think, I, I think they were not made yesterday, but made weeks ago. Cause I sent it to Liam and he's like, yeah, I think I saw this a couple weeks ago. He was, ta- he was lamenting how, you know, in the old days, Logan Paul would be a pro wrestler, but now, you know, it's just easier to be a social media star. And, you know, that's what, and, to Nick Khan, what is attractive is just finding these random stars and teaching them the WWE way to wrestle. Like if if that was if it was up to Nick Khan, that's all WrestleMania would be oh. is these celebrity matches where it's like, oh hey, look, celebrities they can wrestle too. Why would you do that to your full time roster? Well, he's on his way, man. All these roster cuts. Maybe that's his end goal. I guess so. So <laughs> you know, wasn't that like a Vince Russo take? Too, where he just wanted, like, he just wished it could be like training celebrities to wrestle. Yeah. Um. You know, Logan Paul did a nice three amigos and a frog splash. I guess I. I'm not repeating what I just wrote in my next note. It was about art. It was. Uh, it, it was about wanting to do as much cocaine as Art Bar on that fateful night. That's, that's not about. Um. Miz oh. pitting Rey Mysterio was a choice. I thought. Oh. Uh The Mysterios are losers. I've noted. And then Miz turns on Logan Paul. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is he now a face after embarrassing the Mysterios? You can't make Logan Paul a face. Byron Saxton says, I'm confused. I say, <laughs> you aren't the only one, Byron. Yeah. Justin, help me out here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
it makes you think that they either have something planned down the line or they thought by Logan Paul putting on a good show in this match that the crowd would maybe have cheered for him in that moment or booed Miz, which was not the case. They got a huge pop for that. Yes! (laughs) And what we saw before, the Miz stinks as a baby face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I get that he's a hard worker. They like him. He does the interviews at 5 a.m. on all the morning radio stations, but he's a bad pro wrestling baby face. Mm -hmm. But what do you guys think about my take about how these WWE has these modern celebrities work where give them credit, they try, they look competent, but it makes the wrestlers not look special. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think you make a make a smart point there. Uh, this one isn't as bad as the Bad Bunny one, just because he's a musician, whereas at least Logan Paul has some athletic stuff in his background. Uh, I don't know what, you know, as far as Kevin Green goes in this instance, I don't know if you have him just do more boxing stuff, uh, maybe a little bit of Mr. T. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, from what I saw the match, I, I was entertained by it. I enjoyed it. You know, I, I thought there, the card in general, there was, you know, one great match, one good match and two entertaining matches. And this was one of the two that were just entertaining. Yeah. Um, just some other small things I'd point out from the matches. I enjoyed Ray and Dominic popping up from the stage, that aspect of it. Uh, that was fun. Uh, I liked Johnny Lawrence looking like, uh, or excuse me, Paul Logan looking like Johnny Lawrence from the Karate Kid. <laughs> w- would you have liked if Dominic, when he popped up, if he just kept going up? <laughs> there he goes. There he goes. <laughs> they, they, sh- they show that outside shot of the stadium, and there goes Dominic through the roof. Like, <laughs> yes. actually, but, you know, speaking of that, and it's something I think we've mentioned before. As far as like his aerial attacks, he has no float to his jumping around. Like that dude looks like he weighs 300 pounds just <laughs> dropping straight to the floor. That's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just going to say, you know, along with Seth pinning uh, Cody with the pedigree, you know, would have been enjoyable. I, I thought Logan winning with the frog splash after, uh, you know, doing the Eddie impression would have been hilarious. here's the point something that I was just thinking about we're talking about Dominic WWE does a great job at getting these novices ready the first time think back to Dominic's first match Mm -hmm. that was his best match against Seth Yep. but it speaks to the art of pro wrestling how when these guys and if if, if the celebrities had to do the same thing Dom did how he's on weekly TV now it would be the same thing they would just you know They'd be exposed if they had to work on the weekly TV. Thankfully for them, they don't. I just, I just think it's such a mistake to have the celebrities. Just, they don't. Even, it's not even like it's just like so impressive. It's just they just like Logan Paul was working like he was, you know, Dennis Condry or something, just in a normal tag team. Yeah, I I agree with how, you know how you said the modern use of stars because it used to be that they would bring them in to supplement the existing stars but now they're yeah kind of placed on even footing with the existing stars you know remember back when they brought in butterbean and what a disaster it was that he well, took out bart gun like so quickly and they were pissed about that like it with today's mindset they'd be overjoyed with that result <laughs> probably <laughs> right yeah I mean, yeah, I, I 100% agree. I don't think that these, it's fun to see them out there, you know, if you're fans of the people and stuff, and it's fun to see them, like, do good, but they shouldn't be presented as equal to the superstars that you see each and every week. I, I remember, work like that either. 
thinking back to the the late great Gorilla Monsoon, his commentary at the first WrestleMania when like Mr. T was like caught in a heat segment, like Gorilla, oh, he he's this guy's no wrestler. You know, I I'm paraphrasing here, but this guy's no wrestler. He's in trouble. He he can't hang. He's got to get out of there. He's no match for these guys. And now it's like, oh my God, you know, Dominic and Ray are so lucky to be sharing a ring with Logan Paul. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll go back and watch some of this because I was in and out, like I said. But I mean, it was entertaining, but I agree with your point about these celebrities for sure. Uh, anything else before we move on? I just wanted to hit because we're going in a not the normal show order. We do have to talk about the lies of 77,899 people being at AT&T oh. Stadium yesterday. Mm-hmm. What did WrestleTix have as a final number? I didn't even uh, see. I didn't look. I'll, I'll see look if right they now. have it. Okay. okay. Yeah, you, you've got a speedier internet connection, I bet. Um, let's see. Final count, night one. Tickets distributed, 65,719. Announced attendance, 77,899. Yeah, I mean there I was figured. visible, there was visible empty seats, and you noticed yeah. them up top for sure. But there was quite a few empties on the floor. I noticed right away. Now I don't think all of those people were out getting snacks at the same time, especially in those expensive floor seats. I mean those seats were incredibly expensive. I am not surprised at all that uh, they didn't sell all of them. No, but it, so yeah, I I figured they were going to say something over seventy five. So they always come up with. I'd love to know. How they come up with these numbers? Like, wouldn't you love to be in that meeting? Like, <laughs> all right, Vince, what number are we going to say this 899, year? Eight nine nine, of course. Yeah, and like, like, I mean, how? Like, I God, I would love to know. It's probably how it went this year. Well, I mean, here's the thing, too. You know, we talk about one night WrestleMania versus two night WrestleMania, and obviously, we've said it on the show many times. We prefer a one night tight card. Don't see it going back to that anytime nope. soon. Uh, the screenshots I'm seeing, or actually not screenshots, pictures that some people in the crowd took that WrestleTix had on their report, um, the side of the heart cam, so the side that you didn't really see during the event, there's quite a few empty seats on that side. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things where, all right, they didn't have 100,000 people or whatever they had at Mania 32 back in 2016, but if they get 65,000 two nights, there's yep. 130,000. Exactly. You know, so and they don't well, care that it doesn't sell out if... Together, it's a bigger attendance in one night, which well, don't, it is. So. Don't forget when Vince McMahon called that 102,000 a, quote, entertainment number and how they counted, like, ticket yes. takers and stuff like that. That was a hoot and a half. And by the way, speaking of entertainment uh, attendance numbers, WrestleMania three, check the Patreon page. We just did yes. that. We talked about the controversial attendance numbers of WrestleMania three, including some new information that was out there. So if you're a patron, check it out. If you're not a patron, best way to support the pod, link in the podcast description. Just had to get that out there because we had a good discussion on the uh, the WrestleMania 3 attendance and all the controversy about that over over the years. But yeah, it looks like 65000 is what they distributed for actual tickets, but they announced just under seventy eight. Yes. So, uh, women's You got to round up. <laughs> yes. Round up to the nearest 78000 Got, got, got to round up that 9-9 figure. Uh, Raw women's title match. Match of the night for me yep. and probably you guys. Uh, Becky yep. defending against Bianca Belair. Now, no surprise, this match was produced by Molly Holly and Tyson Kidd, who recently returned. He had been off for a couple of months. Tyson Kidd always gets rave reviews for his production backstage. So him and Molly were in charge of this one. Uh, they start off right away with the big entrances. 
you know, Becky comes out. She's got the fancy SUV. She's got the big outfit. She comes down. Very, very uh, Sasha Banks uh, from WrestleMania mm-hmm. 32. And also, yeah. don't forget her uh, then now forever lead in before that. That was good. Yep. Yeah, I had the fancy video package. That was cool. And then <laughs> not to be outdone. Until the, the, like, I guess, modern Saturday night's main event thing they do with the big time Becks graphic. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't That's like bad. those either. So not to be outdone, uh, Bianca Belair has the Texas Southern University marching band come out and start playing her entrance theme before the actual theme kicks in, which was cool. So yeah, I mean, you have, it feels like a big deal as they get going. And I, for me, this was the match I was really looking forward to. And it delivered. And they played off of the SummerSlam finish from last summer right away. You know, Lynch hit the manhandle slam right away into the match. Covered. Belair kicked out instead of getting pinned like she did at SummerSlam right away. Uh, and it, right away, structurally in the match, it was just bang, bang, bang right off the bat. And you're trying to get quick pinfalls uh, until they went out to the outside and Becky sent Belair into the ring steps and then, you know, started getting the heat from that point forward. So, uh, guys, thoughts on the match before we go through the rest of it, the entrances, anything I didn't hit on. Uh, Justin, I guess I'll throw it to you first. Part of me kind of wished uh, Bianca would have won right from the jump with that KOD spot that mm-hmm. Becky slid out of. Uh, that would have played off nicely from the SummerSlam loss, and then you could have uh, continued, the, you know, had basically this match at a at another time but uh i'm totally fine with the match we got it was fantastic loved bianca's middle rope 450 splash is always really impressive but i liked it uh something we talk about a lot on this show is when a match feels like a fight and that's what this match felt like to me it was erratic and sloppy but in a good way um and it was physical they got you know they're really physical with each other and i love the finish with you know becky going for that rock bottom and Bianca flipping off the middle rope and hitting the KOD. Mm-hmm. Which is such a great finish. Is that the yeah. best finish in the company right now? The KOD? It's up there. Ooh, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I know that the RKO is always gets a nice reaction in perpetuity, but like I just feel like the KOD that I mean the, the when she got it, the crowd was fired up and was like knowing that it was gonna be the finish. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking of that, this going on in this spot. You know, we talked about, eh, was it going to open at first? Maybe some people thought it was. But this going on when it did gave me instantly more faith that Bianca was going to go over. We talked about that, obviously, a lot on the pre-show. The video package made this even appear like a coherent storyline, not one that started (laughs) with a dumb idea and then was largely ignored and then come back to. Uh, Becky with that you bitch last Monday, that, that, that probably shouldn't have made the video package, but a minor quibble there. Uh, crowd was, as you guys both thought, very into this. At first, they were into it not as a traditional baby face versus heel dynamic, but like they were seeing two big stars mm-hmm. line up for a heavyweight championship match. Uh, so that's good. Loved the false finish at the beginning with the manhandle. Yep. The crowd bought it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, God, that that would have been something if Bianca would have done the same thing. I, I wonder how the crowd would have reacted. If Bianca would have won the same way Becky did at SummerSlam, like you just said, Jeff, that would have been. I, I think they would have enjoyed it in the moment, yeah. but maybe like seconds later would have felt like they were kind of cheated out of a match. Okay. Yeah. Would the New Day still tag still have been cut off the cart if they'd done that? Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I, though I wasn't 
so keen on Bianca being outsmarted again with the handshake deal. You know, she extended the hand and mm-hmm. looked like she was mm-hmm. going to pull a fast one, but she ended up on the short end of the stick. I'm not sure how I felt about that, but these are just minor nitpicks, um, as is the fact that there was some clearly some spot calling you could see on camera. But mm-hmm. Ryan, you mentioned this. They were working with urgency at the outset, and I loved it. It was two people trying to win a match. It wasn't like a performance. You know, like people just trying to hit spots and look fancy. It was two people trying to win an athletic contest. Loved it. The 450, Justin noticed or uh, noted the rolling kick Becky Lynch did. I, I believe an homage to Molly Holly, correct? Mm. That's the Molly yeah. go round. That, that was not. brutal looking. That was yeah, brutal. Yeah, oh, yeah, the slow mo replay was crazy on that. Yeah, yeah. Solid. Um, Lynch rolling all the way out of the ring after being thrown back in was a great spot. And the crowd, like that got a good heel reaction. This was towards the end, right before the manhandle slam on the stairs. If you guys remember, I can't remember the spot that knocked Becky out of the ring. But she, Bianca throws her back in, and be, and Becky just rolled the whole way out the other side. I thought that was creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, the manhandle on the steps was cool. Crowd reacted huge to the KOD, like I said, knowing it would be the finish. This was an excellent match. I uh, loved and really appreciated how the finish occurred during halftime of the Duke North Carolina game, which I had an eye on. <laughs> and my question to the group now is, was this better than Sasha and Bianca last year? Oh, boy. That's tough to say. I mean, I think we have a situation where we haven't seen tonight yet, but you know, Roman and Brock could be pretty damn good. So we'll see. But it could be two years in a row where Bianca Belair is in the best match at WrestleMania. I mean... She's starting a streak here, wins both years. Uh, they have a true superstar on their hands here. They did her no favors throughout the rest of 2021 last year. But she's still right there, man. I mean, just watch the way the crowd re- reacts to this girl. Uh, she's great in the ring. She has a great look. She does everything that's required of her. Get her some good merchandise, by the way. I talked about this last year. She had that huge wrestlemania moment and my girls were so into it and i went to buy them some t-shirts or something they had like nothing on the shop i think she could sell a lot of merch i think that she is for the women's division i mean she is a transcendent star that could break through to the mainstream if they do it right and Uh, better than last year i don't know it's i feel like i gotta watch it again i loved that match last year and i love this match too i think they're pretty much on par i I had this at four and a half stars personally yeah um so I had last year's at four, mm-hmm. Bianca and Sasha. I do think this was better. I, I I went four and a quarter initially. And I think what put it ahead was you didn't know who was going to win. This one, this oh, had more of yeah, good call. This had more of a, eh, are they going to like delay? And, you know, sometimes <laughs> it's funny. WWE's bad booking will sometimes accentuate a match in the moment because you're like, God, I hope they don't do something dumb. And you're not necessarily rooting for your favorite. You find mm-hmm. yourself rooting for them not to make a bad booking decision. So it'll be interesting to see it on rewatch, um, how it compares to yeah. Bianca and Sasha. Yeah, for sure. So the Cody-Seth match followed that one, which we already hit on. And so we're going to talk about the two women's titles matches back-to-back. That's the only other one we have left to talk about from mm-hmm. night one. Charlotte defending against Ronda Rousey. Yeah, and, and this came right after that Fightful report that the New Day tag, I know we can't keep bringing up, was going to be cut. Mm-hmm. And in my notes, because this is right before Charlotte and Ronda in my notes, so I just want to bring this up. 
Fightful reporting a match might be cut for time. Assuming New Day, yet we are showing Austin Theory Pat McAfee video package <laughs> and replaying the Rick Boogs injury. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Yeah. yeah. So, Charlotte and Ronda, not nearly as good as uh, what we saw out of Bianca and Becky. Uh, might be some controversy with the finish here, which we'll talk about. <laughs> the feud will continue because we didn't have the, the title change. Uh, all right, let me throw it to you guys then. Justin, go ahead. Your thoughts. I thought it was boring and sloppy in a bad way, unlike the <laughs> Bel Air and Becky Lynch match. The, that double moonsault spot where she came off oh. the top rope, missed, mm-hmm. and then missed again. Like, I don't know where the miscommunication was on that one or who, who screwed that up, but woof, that was bad. And then the, and then uh, Ronda Rousey's quote unquote modified tornado DDT. <laughs> I don't know what was going on there either. I, I, that's always my favorite when something is a modified. <laughs> By the way, I, I hope that people had the video up because when Justin referenced that double moonsault spot, I just started like making it like someone ripped a nasty fart right next to me because <laughs> that reeked, bro. That, that, that reeked that spot. I Charlotte Flair and her moonsaults. She is not the great Muda of 1989. I know that. It, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was definitely sloppy. Um, I mean, I was into it at different points, though. It wasn't it wasn't as smooth as the as the previous match uh, in the way it was laid out either. Uh, I thought I think I said this on the on the preview show that if this was going to be in the main event or near the main event, I thought it was risky because Ronda has been gone for years and hasn't worked like a real high profile singles match yet. And so I think they had their work cut out from them you know, right for the start. It didn't it was the main event in that it was the last match before the KO show, which was an unannounced main event. So, you know, I think putting this in this in this spot was definitely risky. You know, ahead, that's. Kyle. That's my big, sorry, that's my big question about the finish of this match is I can't imagine a world where that was the planned finish when this was going to be considered for the main event. And I'm just wondering if once it got moved from that main event spot is when they switched, you know, how how or who was going to win. Because that was the other thing I hated about this was Charlotte going over in the manner she did. Yes. Yeah, I, f- I figured when Rhonda was on Ellen and she talked about how she was pushing back on the reports about the KO show being the main event. And she she basically said that, no, I'm in the main event. And I figured that was semantics when she said that, that it would be the last match proper before the actual main event, which was unannounced. Kyle. OK, so I was not into this at all. Uh, <gasps> part of that was, as my notes have reminded me, not really paying attention Hell of a finish here in Duke, North Carolina. I'm sorry, Ryan and Justin. I'm just not paying attention. But I had it on, and I, I kept looking. I was like, you know, and I'm, I'm like, God, this just doesn't seem very good. And they were in a tough spot following the superior Raw women's title match and Cody's debut mm-hmm. and with the KO show to gum. So, you know, the, this wasn't a great spot to be in. They were already fighting the crowd. Uh, I believe someone – on commentary compared Charlotte to the Yankees and the Lakers, like, oh, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people hate the Lakers. <laughs> the great tape machines on Twitter yeah, yeah. responded uh, in quotes. You know, he, he had a lot of people hate the Lakers. Yeah, and they fucking stink. <laughs> that, that a lot of people hate the Lakers was about Charlotte, and I thought that was a great quote from Tate Machine. So I was at this point 
just stealing tweets because I was like, this match is boring. I assume Ron is going to go over. I don't have a lot to say. Uh, the wonderful uh, Saguna Kaida blog, uh, Eric, uh, who did that over there, had a great point. It's weird that Ronda wrestles. This was his exact quote. It's weird that Ronda wrestles like more of a rookie in 2022 than she did in 2018. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hm. You know, I mean, we could talk about the time off, but she had never wrestled before when she first came in again. What did I say earlier? They do that great job making your first match look like a million bucks. I mean, that was yep. one of the great debuts in the history of this business at WrestleMania 34, that mixed tag. Does she not care as much anymore? I Did, did that play a factor in the finish? Because Ronda, man, does she not seem special, and she seems downright disinterested in this yep. run since she's come back. I mean, this has not wowed me at all. Why is this, go- after the game ended, I wrote, why is this match going so long? <laughs> It, yeah, I, mean, I, I did not think it was good. I would not call this a good professional. I didn't. Match. I didn't. I didn't think anything in it was like it was laid out odd. Um, and there was sloppiness to it. I didn't think anything was like outright bad. It just wasn't. It wasn't like I said. It wasn't a great match by any well, means. It was it, like a decent match. I thought. Re- remember what we said on the pre-show. Is this really a bigger match to the people that will be in the building than Bianca Becky? I think no, we got it. I think we got an answer that was yeah. a hard no to that. Well, it's talking about the celebrity involvement and everything. You know, this company was overjoyed to get Ronda Rousey, and when she first came in, it was a huge deal. But they have a they have someone as I just you know put over Bianca so much. They have someone on their roster who they have created who is a bigger deal than Ronda Rousey. Clearly, Bianca and, outshines Ronda in every way possible. And, and the people of the building, I think, see Becky Lynch is a bigger star than Ronda. Oh Brown. yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Charlotte too. Charlotte and <laughs> yeah. Charlotte, yeah. I mean, yeah. you could argue that of the four women that were involved in the two title matches, it's the two that were in the Raw match that are seen by people in the building as the bigger stars. Yes, mm-hmm. I know more people in this country, more people worldwide, know who Ronda Rousey is, but. To those people who aren't watching Peacock, by the way, probably see, well, this is someone, you know, she flamed out of UFC and now she's just doing WWE for a paycheck. Yeah. Is that the way that these people who they you think are going to hypothetically watch but don't feel? And, I, I, and we need to, can't bury the lead. Charlotte Flair won. So Charlotte I'll- must pose. All, all that was missing was Rhonda getting on the mic afterwards and saying, nobody's better than Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't really have a problem with Charlotte winning. I know you guys oh. did. I, I didn't because they want to drag this out a little longer. Uh, and Rhonda had, you know, like the visual victories, you know, like they had the ref bump, Charlotte tapped out, you know, so sh- the, the end game here is that Rhonda feels like, she she won. She legitimately won, but she was screwed out of the, the victory. I actually didn't have a problem with Charlotte winning here. It surprised me. I had, you know, we talked about Wrestle Rumble and our entries there. I picked I picked Ronda to win, but um I wasn't super put off by her not winning here. It's not that Ronda didn't win so much, it's that Charlotte fucking won. I, <laughs> I, I, Charlotte I, must pose. Dude, I cannot imagine a living, breathing human being other than Ric Flair or Mark Madden being like excited about Charlotte Flair going over in a match anymore. <laughs> Jesus. Dude, I mean, come on, man. Like, this is like, it's like, 
I mean, dude, has there been other than Brock? No one is more protected in this company mm-hmm. yeah. throughout their run. Mm-hmm. I mean, Roman is now, but there was a time when he wasn't. I mean, you, Justin made the joke, and it was a great fucking joke, Justin, for the record, about Thank that you. all that was missing was <laughs> Charlotte's better than Ronda. Um, it's just like, that's crazy that they beat Ronda. Her first, like, the, is the mystique gone, or was it just not there anymore, and they're just like, fuck it. And what about these reports that she Ronda walked out of SmackDown Friday? I want that to be true. Because <laughs> I like drama. I, I don't care. I, a harmonious locker room doesn't put any money in my pocket. Well, it was. I want it, people walking out. I want Brett and Sean ripping each other's hair out in a fight. Mm-hmm. I want Sean Michaels to allege affairs. Okay, in a live interview <laughs> when he's pilled oh, up God. and wrong. That was you root fun. for chaos. You root yeah, for that's chaos. Fun. It makes it better as a viewer. I don't want everyone to say, you know, I respect this person. It you was. Know? Yeah, I mean, but it was it was a screw job finish, you know, like they want you to think that Ronda really won and that you got to see another match because she actually had her beat. So it, the finishing it, sequence was Flair was setting up the figure eight. Rousey kicks her into the referee and then Ronda gets the arm bar on and Flair's tapping, but the ref doesn't see it. So then Ronda goes over this. I did have a problem with R- Ronda goes over. She's trying to get the referee woken up. And then Flair hits a big boot to pick up the win. I thought that was a cheap way to win a big boot. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I was fine with it because she visually won the match, you know, and they're obviously doing a rematch. So it's I again, you know, this is another thing like Cody. Six months from now, where's Ronda Rousey at? Mm -hmm. How she because God, I mean, she the thing is, though, this finish indicates that Charlotte will, st- or pardon me, Ronda will still chase as a baby face. What do we say in the pre-show? She stinks as a baby face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, are it's- people going to want to see? Are people going to be like, ooh, that Ronda, she got screwed. Oh, I just can't wait to see her get revenge on that no good Charlotte Flair. Are they going to be like, wow, Ronda Rousey's a loser now, uh, and I don't really want to see her win the title. Yeah, I don't and- know that they, go ahead, Justin. So I was just going to say, and as you pointed out earlier, how she is very visibly disinterested, disengaged, and that bleeds through the TV, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. And that makes me disinterested in her current run. She, yeah, when she first arrived, she like legitimately appeared to be excited to be there. Mm -hmm. And you don't really see that anymore, even though she's been gone for a long time, you know, but I don't know that they really look at Rhonda. I know she's presented as a baby face, but when they have those people that they just see as these big time stars and she's a real world star, you know, I don't know that they really care that much about heel face dynamic. They just think she's a star and that's that. I don't like she's that. a She's a face because she's wrestling Charlotte, but yeah. yeah. But when I say I don't like that, I'm saying I don't like the mentality. I, I yeah, 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 yeah. I obviously yep. like you a lot. <laughs> and by the way, you know, Aggie, you know, we've been, I think we've done a pretty decent job here going through this show in 75 yeah. minutes. So now I'm just going to bring up a bunch of random shit that irritates me during the week. <laughs> you have the floor. Go ahead. It's, we've reached that portion of the program, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, did you guys see it, it, what, man, this wrestling business, what a place it's become in WWE. PW Insider is reporting that Bobby Lashley is on the babyface side of the roster on Raw. Remember, <laughs> remember when people would just turn on TV and it was understood, oh, okay, this is a babyface, this is a heel. Like the character would have to undergo some sort of change. Mm-hmm. Now we we hear from a website this person is internally listed on the babyface <laughs> side of the depth chart. Remember, remember when Roman turned? 
like he came back at that SummerSlam and it didn't feel at all like a heel turn, but then all the co-opted media was like, hey guys, Roman's a heel now. And we're like, what? And then he just <laughs> was a heel. Like in WWE, no one turns in what you just said, Ryan, about how they probably view Rousey. And I don't disagree with that. It just sparked this in my mind that like, they just don't do baby face turns and heel turns really anymore. It's just like they people just start wrestling people on the other side of the depth chart. Mm-hmm. And they wrestle the exact same. Like Bobby Lashley, do we think he's going to be, you know, slapping hands and kissing babies before he wrestles a box <laughs> tomorrow night or tonight? <laughs> Probably not. He's going to wrestle the same way. But because he's wrestling a heel, he's a baby face now. I think that stinks. Yeah. And I agree. I, yeah, I mean, I agree. I like them. I'm a more traditional wrestling fan, so I agree. D- d- hmm. Like, does Vince just not believe in babyface and heel turns? I heard something that was, like, really dire in the last couple months about Vince McMahon. We talk about how we want this company to get better. And, like, yeah, I'll fucking say this. Like, I don't think Vince, like, really even cares about angles anymore. Like, I don't think, like, a, a wrestling angle excites him anymore, from what I understand. Which is very interesting when you're running a wrestling promotion. <laughs> Which, <laughs> for years, we've built that angle. Like, did you guys, I, I'm sure you guys saw this, like, they announced that deal with Fanatics. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of stuff that makes Vince McMahon, like, really excited. Not, like, some writer coming up with an idea, like, oh, dude, this is, like, I came up with this awesome new feud, and I storyboarded it. We're getting to the SummerSlam. Like That's Vince kind of... cares way more about the fanat. Like they, they don't really do angles in WWE anymore or, or well, turns. The, it's kind of sad. Yeah, the gift and the curse is, you know, we used to praise their video production team. I think he just relies on that now. He's like, well, they'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, what did what you know the joke I made that the Bianca Becky video package, if you watch it in isolation, is very good and makes you think they have this great coherent storyline that's been ongoing for nine months or whatever. But it was something that was kind of dropped for half of that. And they just picked it back up for WrestleMania season. You're right. Vince McMahon? That Fanatics deal, by the way, is it's pretty crazy because their shop that they've ran, you know, for years has always been kind of a, you know, they've handled that in-house. And they they didn't, Vince, or uh, Vince, Shane and Stephanie, like that's kind of how they started working with the shop. Those were like the they, first responsibilities they were given. Well, it, and even before that, they were in the old catalogs. Yeah. Posing with merchandise. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the big news that they had made the agreement with Fanatics. And then Fanatics has a deal with Tops, right? Do they own Tops? I don't know. So, that's, I mean, there's like a trading card aspect to this, too. I think they own Tops now. So, no angles. No turn. No angles. No (laughs) angles. But Charlotte must pose. Yeah. We always get that. (laughs) So, do we think night two will be as good as night one? Ryan, you, I think, alluded at, no. the tippy, at the top of the show. The answer would be no. There's just way too much that I don't care about. Yeah. I mean, like the build we talked about in the preview. The build to Edge and AJ has been bad. I think they'll probably have a pretty good match. Um, I am intrigued by Brock and Roman just because I don't know what they're going to do. And, yes. you know, they had a really good match at 31. 34, we were there. Not so much. This one, it's not going to have that dynamic that 34 had with like the crowd revolt. So it should be a pretty good match. Um, but then you look at the rest of the card. I'm sure Johnny Knoxville will do some crazy stuff with Sami Zayn. I mean, I just don't care about watching Pat McAfee wrestle Austin Theory. Uh, the triple threat tag uh, probably be pretty entertaining. But Omas is bad. 
I mean, like, I just don't see as many high points. No. I'm kind of shocked that they did both women's title matches on the same night. Yeah. You know, in retrospect, it's easy to say now, but even going in, I felt night one was throwing more at you. It had the chance for more hit. You know, you had both women's title matches, like you just said, mm-hmm. Ryan. You had the Austin and Cody thing. And, you know, if they hit like three of those four, which they did, I would say, I would say Austin, Cody, and the Raw women's title match were hits, mm-hmm. then it's easier to give it a thumbs up. I don't know with this night too, other than Roman and Brock, what is going to really stand out. You know my feelings on fucking this edge return. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, yeah. I I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're going to work in a unique style and it's going to impress me. Or maybe it's going to be like every other edge match. It's too long and it's an in-house WWE match that I've seen a hundred times before and I just don't care about. I'm Fair. sorry. I I was thinking about AJ Styles and wrestling. And there was this tweet on. Oh, this is what you could cut this out, Ryan, because I know you, 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 you. Don't create more work for me. What are you doing? No, 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 no. You, no, you cut this out because I because I know you're like, God damn it, Kyle, you're alienating the audience when you bring up things like. I saw somebody tweet like, "Hey, all you left wingers, what's a piece of right wing art that you know of?" And freaking somebody tweeted the Boneyard match. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, I laughed so hard. I'll never, I'll never be able to look at the boneyard match the same way. That is pretty funny. A piece of right wing art. <laughs> uh, that's objectively pretty funny. I think I'll probably leave that in. Okay. <laughs> I think it was nationally published troll, but I don't want to attribute that to him if I was wrong. But oh my god, I laughed hard. I have to watch that tag match, by the way, from Ring of Honor still. I'm going to watch it this afternoon. You talked about it earlier in the show, but I am looking forward to checking out FTR and the Briscoes this afternoon. Uh, Get me warmed up for WrestleMania night, too. I I wrote it on the Facebook page. Professional wrestling is the opposite of rocket science. Okay? It is a form of entertainment that can be consumed by children. (laughs) All right? It is not hard. I know we're all 40, and that makes us kind of feel bad, but it's the truth. Okay? It's very key. You find, you figure out what's something that, the fans might want to see you make them want to see it more and then you give it to them and then hopefully the performer the wrestlers perform in a you know meaningful and in good fashion and that's exactly what this was yep all right well i i don't have any more thoughts on night one unless you guys do we're we are going to be live again tomorrow morning with our night two review so if you're listening to this on demand and you want to join us live tomorrow and get involved in the chat It'll be 10 a.m. Central, uh, 11 Eastern. We will be streaming again, same time, on Monday morning, looking at night two. Do you guys have anything else that you want to hit on? I'm good. Did I leave out anything? I think we're pretty good here. Scrolled through the notes, trying to see if there was anything else. I, any, oh. any any thoughts on Gable debuting? Gable Stevenson? Um, I think. Do you? I don't. I still think he might do something tonight. You know, I, mm. I throw it out on the on the preview show that he he could like interfere and help. Uh, Johnny Knoxville win or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's another guy who we'll, we'll see. You know how he does. I mean, that's that's going to be a big part of their 2022. They're throwing him right in the deep end. Yeah. Um. I real quick, I want to mention because I don't promote this that much on the show when we have sales and stuff. I put this in the Facebook group, but uh, we do have a sale going on in our Spreadshirt store right now. So if you're watching the video stream, uh, you can see it there. We got 20 percent off WrestleMania sale until Ooh. the end of the day on Monday. So. 
sold a few pieces this week with this sale. Uh, if you want to check it out, you can find the link to the store on topropenation.com. You can just go to the merch section. The long sleeve with the Top Rope Nation podcast logo that I'm wearing right now on the stream, you can find on the store and get 20% off right now. It's one of my favorite shirts that I, I wear it on the streams all the time. I've got the black one and the gray one. Those are $23.99 uh, regular price, but you get 20% off on that. So it's pretty cheap price for a long sleeve shirt. We got hoodies. Justin wears his hoodie a lot on the show. All the t-shirts, of course, Kyle, you can find him wearing those once in a while. Uh, just go to the shop and there's a like a black banner at the top. Click redeem and then you'll get the discount in your cart. But uh, some pretty good deals if you want to support the pod over on our Spreadshirt store. There's tons of designs. So check that out as well. There, so. That's very good. And there is one note on my notes that I did not read. It was the very first line, as a matter of fact. Oh, wow. And that was America the Beautiful. Country music is bad. <laughs> I uh not familiar with that guy who came out to sing, but then again, I'm kind of out of the loop these days on what's hot well, in country music. So. Why was he presented as George's own in New Orleans? Did they, did they get? I oh, up he commented about- on that too. Yeah, patron of the show Ryan Huffman was at my house, and we like I immediately was like George's own. We're in Texas. Who cares? George's did- own. Yeah, <laughs> that was very odd. Very odd. All country music singers look alike. <laughs> the South is just one big uh, state, according to yeah. WWE. Yeah. yeah, that was odd. All right, bo- boys and girls, WrestleMania 38, night one. That was the show. As I said, we'll be back tomorrow with night two. Enjoy night two. Get in our Facebook group. Join up. Join us for the live chat tonight as we uh, watch the show together. Justin, hope you got, got some good scotch ready to go again, because that was oh, yeah. entertaining. All right, so for Justin Joint and Kyle Ross, I am Ryan Drosty. We'll catch you tomorrow. Enjoy night two and take care. Take care.